in a building, you can buy everything at Rona or whatever you're buying, BMR, mm -hmm. but you can't, in the real estate world, you can't buy your name. So you must protect your name because you can't buy another name. And in that transaction, it was listed 11.5 million, the transaction. And it was a promise to purchase at, I think, 9.5 9 or 9.6. And the transaction fell through. So it didn't go through. So the broker called and said, JP, here's a transaction. It fell through. Do you want to do, do it? And that the reputation as a closer yeah. needs to be there. You need to be serious. I mean, I'm all about making promise to purchase. That's very good. But once you commit, you close. Welcome to the Real Estate Investors Club podcast. What's the real power of leverage? People think real estate is all about leveraging capital. Money is important. But what about the decisions we make? The things we do and don't do determine our success as investors. Choices and actions create success. Before we get to the bank, we make choices guided by mindset and by the things we do and don't know. If we want to succeed as investors, we need to leverage knowledge. We need to increase what we know so our actions pay bigger dividends. Join host Terry Schauer and Jean-Philippe Claude for conversations with leading experts in the real estate field. From mortgages to mindset, and from macroeconomics to local market trends. Grow your knowledge capital with us. Welcome to the Real Estate Investors Club podcast, where we seek advice to help us make better investing decisions. Hello, and welcome back to the Real Estate Investors Club podcast. Today, we're here with JP. How's it going, man? Awesome. The best place to do a podcast. We're actually live from Cancun. So yeah, pretty cool. That's right. So exactly what event are we at right now? It's an event that's been held at the club for uh, the past 10 years. I don't know exactly how many we did, but it's actually called the Millionaire's Week, the Millionaire Spirit Week, where we uh, gather uh, hundreds of investors. Uh, last year, actually 2020, we were uh, more than 200 with the charter planes, uh, real estate investor uh, flying to uh, St. Lucia. Uh, this year, we're a bit less, obviously, because of COVID restriction, but we're more than 100 people uh, here today in uh, Cancun, Mexico at a five-star resort. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And there is, it, it's so fun and motivating to be surrounded with like-minded individual. Everyone here is a real estate investor, already has properties and deals under their belt. And we're, we're, we're sharing techniques, contacts, and it's motivating on the mindset. And I know that coming home, all of us will be so cranked up to really start the year of 2022. Absolutely. And, and, and big players also talking about everybody's having uh, real estate. We're talking big players sometimes that are the millionaire week. And obviously there's some, uh, there's some classes that are given. Uh, so you learn a lot of stuff. So basically it's always paid like a coaching, basically it's always paid with the tricks and the, net, and the networking. Absolutely. And so we were talking a little bit earlier in the year about uh, continuing with the, the, the great podcast of the Real Estate Investors Club. And we've decided to start twice a month to kind of do um, a section that we're calling as a, as a joke. And it's serious. What is JP up to? Because at least for me, I look up to JP. He's been a, a, a bit of a mentor. Um, he's a really good investor and further down the spiral of real estate investment. And I kind of wanted to, in a way, like pick his brain and share with everyone, like, what is JP up to? Because I think all of us have something to learn from, from your success. And I really mean that. And so 
you know, in today's episode, the idea is to kind of go back over the year 2021 and see like, what was it like for you? <laughs> Thank you very much for uh, for sharing this. Yeah, that's kind of weird because normally I interview people. Yeah, now I'm getting interviewed, uh, so I'm not talking about myself too much. Uh, I'm not used to that, but yeah, it's been a great year, honestly. Well, for for those of you who uh, own real estate, bought real estate last year, it was a perfect timing where the rates uh, were really low. Uh, also, uh, values were going up. Uh, we're talking about a, a great year in, in the real estate world, 2021, and obviously 2020. So it was a it was a great year. Mm-hmm. And so you were able to do a number of transactions, yep. some smaller, some larger. Um, can you just kind of give us an idea of what, what over, overall, what did you do in terms of transaction? And then maybe we can take one or two and go a little bit deeper into it. Absolutely. First thing I'm saying in the class is that real estate is a marathon. So you're aiming of having, I don't know, a thousand doors in 20 years. Well, probably the last 500 doors, you're going to buy them in the last year or the last two years of that, of, uh, of that uh, journey because it's exponential. And I had the fun of doing it, basically. I, I put it in the graph and it exactly matched an exponential curve, mm-hmm. exactly an exponential curve. So basically, I doubled the portfolio in the last three years on my side. Uh, so that's an exponential, exponential curve uh, where you get a better relation, where you get better financing, your reputation is, is better. So it just goes so smoothly. So the first deal is Mount Everest and the other ones are smaller and smaller. So we're able to double our portfolio. Basically, we bought uh, in, the last, uh, in the last 12 months we bought $26 million of, uh, of real estate. Wow. Yeah, so that was just, just in the year 2021? Yes, absolutely. December to December. Yeah, December to December. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, and so th- this $26 million of assets, like roughly how many how many transactions? Because I'm sure maybe in yeah. there, there's some 16-unit buildings, and then there must be some much larger ones. So what does that look like? Yeah, it represents about 140 doors in Montreal, uh, more or less, for $26 million. There's a... A portfolio that we bought, uh, it's actually uh, five small buildings, so six units and eight units, but mm-hmm. it was all together. We bought also a 2023, 20, we bought a 36, we bought a 15, we bought a 57. Uh, so that's that's about it. So that makes about five, four or five transactions. Wow. Totaling yeah. 26 million. Okay. And as you said earlier, like it's exponential. The more it goes, the easier it gets. Yep. And it's also that you also have access to bigger and better deals. Yep. And so, you know, as we're going to be kind of dissecting your last year's success over a, f- a few episodes, like one of the things I wanted to start with was how did those deals come about? Where did you find them? That's a very, very good point. Okay. So I'm just going to talk about the last deal I got mm-hmm. because it's a very good example. In a building, you can buy everything at Rona or whatever you're buying, BMR, mm-hmm. but you can't, in the real estate world, you can't buy your name. So you must protect your name because you can't buy another name. And in that transaction, it was listed 11.5 million, the transaction. And it was a promise to purchase at, I think, 9, 9.5 or 9.6. And the transaction fell through. So it didn't go through. So the broker called and said, JP, 
here's a transaction, it fell through, do you want to do, you want to do it? And at the reputation as a closer yeah. needs to be there. You need to be serious. I mean, I'm all about making promise to purchase. So that's very good. But once you commit, you close. Yeah. And imagine if you're a broker, you just end up with a listing. The first thing you want to do is get rid of it and get the commission as soon as possible. So the easiest way to do it is to give it to somebody who's going to close. Yeah. So you need to have this reputation. So when they send it to me, Actually, I want to I want to bid against another one that bid higher, but the broker says, "Well, JP is going to go get through the transaction no matter what," and that's what I did, and, and we got the, tra the transaction in December. So reputation needs to be triple A as a closer, and it's a small world uh, in real estate, and your name's going to go around. And, yeah. and if you're not a closer, then broker's not going to sell some yeah. deals, and they're not going to maybe give an advantage to your offer, even though it might Absolutely. be a, a bit a bit higher, a bit lower. But if you're identified as the one who's going to be able to take it all the way to the notary and not waste three months of, of everyone's time, there is definitely value into this. Absolutely. Yeah. So, okay. So it was brought to you by your broker roughly. So you said around 9.5 million. Can you just kind of give us a breakdown of how much you needed to raise to bring as a down payment, how much you got financed? And roughly, like, how long did that take? We did a, a kind of a special loan, and, and that's another door that's opening. Like I said, when you got bigger deals, you get bigger financing deals because uh, the, 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 the file fees or the, 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 the fees to, to make a loan is actually the same for a $500,000 loan than a $5 million loan. But, but the lender is making way more money on the $5 million because the fixed fee, that's the word I was, I was looking for, the fixed fees are the same. Yeah. So that's why it's interesting. So, uh, so basically, we ended up uh, making uh, a syndicate loan with Banque des Jardins and a private lender and raised money as well for the renovation. And, uh, and basically, we used uh, refinancing money from another project uh, to uh, uh, chip in on, on the project. But the financing is almost total because we're using other mo the money that was stuck in a project, and then we're going to shoot it into that project. So basically, we're just running the same money over and over. Mm -hmm. You yeah. just recycle. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And you reduce the down payment. So that's what I'm saying. When you get into the bigger loans, you get some bridge loans. And that's really interesting. The bridge loans, they know the bank that, that the economic value versus the market value doesn't make sense anymore. So there are some banks that are, are taking advantage of this market, and they're going to charge you like between 5 and 6% interest rate as of January uh, 2022, they're going to charge you 5 or 6% uh, for interest-only uh, payment. So you're just going to pay interest. They're going to give you sometimes a little bit of money for the renovation. And most of the time, they're going to lend you 75% or 80% of the property, almost regardless of the current rents, because you, they know that you're going to renovate. And again, having a good track record of doing projects like this and going to the end, so showing up and, and, and bringing project until the end will bring credibility to the table for uh, uh, these kinds of loans. So we're talking about like minimums, we're talking about like $1.52 million loans. This is where the doors open for uh, bridge loans, which are temporary loans. So that reduces the payment a lot. And, and in this case, the bridge loan is just to get an idea. It's about it's a one year period. Is it two years? Because yeah. to be able to start to optimize uh, a portfolio of sixty units and then refinance it, I mean, yeah. it still takes a fair amount of time. Absolutely, 
absolutely good news is as of january 2022 the uh, delays from the uh, cmhc are quite short yeah but problem is that the delays were long then they put it short so they've pushed everything to the bank so there's a bit of delay to the bank but we're we're aiming 57 units we're aiming about a year plus financing so we're talking about a year and a half so more or less bridge are gonna are gonna be like six months to three years and they're probably and, and most of the time there'll be six month uh, fi- uh firm like fixed and they're going to open the loan for, let's say, 24 months. So it's minimum six months and then open for the rest until 24 months or 12 months, whatever. And, and as you said, like the bigger it gets in a way, the more flexibility you have. Yep. Yep. So that's really encouraging on your side because you know that either way, you'll find a way out. Absolutely. Exactly. So, yeah, you find a way out. Um, and uh, yeah, just I know bigger is better. Everybody's saying this. I know. But as a teacher everybody's like, ah, you should go big. It's easier. It's the same trouble. Yes. If you can go bigger, but you need to learn at first. I mean, if you get, if you go to a $10 million loan at the bank and you have no experience, there's good chance that you're going to be refused. So you can get credibility by bringing another partner, which is at this level. So that's a, that's a possibility. But other than that, you need to learn. Like if you ask uh, students that are finishing high school, they're going to say, well, just go to, to, to the last year of high school. It's, you're going to learn everything. But yeah, you need to learn before. You need to learn to read before you get to that point. So that's, that's important to go small and then learn and then you'll go big. Absolutely. Um, okay. So then now we've talked a little bit about the financing part. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit also about the due diligence because mm-hmm. on buying a portfolio like that, as you said, like it, it's, there's a number of different buildings in different areas of town. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't have, it doesn't mean you have to visit every unit and, and see every bathroom, but can you run us through like, what did that look like? Did you do it yourself? And most importantly, um, what is it that is absolutely critical for you in doing your due diligence? Cause let's, there's always surprises. It's just, how do you assess, like, that's a surprise that I can't handle versus this is a deal breaker? Yeah, well, again, if you go in the bigger units like this, I mean, um, I know we're not going to visit all the units, mm-hmm. okay? So it does, doesn't, at one point, it doesn't make sense. But the risk is acceptable, meaning that, yeah, there's one apartment that's, that's a bit less renovated or, or you need to change a bathroom. At this level, it doesn't change much. So you look at uh, you look at the units in the corner. So that's what I like to do, like upper floors, corners, because you're gonna check the roof, yeah. you're gonna check the brick. Uh, also in the basement, I always check the units in the basement, so that those are important. So you try to get that. If you're doing a visit and inspection, well, try to visit different units. So that's another tip. But the major points where uh, the major points which are no go, environmental test on the soil. So that's really really important uh because it can cost a lot of money we can discuss that in another podcast but i did the contamination yeah and it's a matter of hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars so that's that's a no-go so if you don't have a clean soil you don't show me a report uh, of, of a clean soil i'm not gonna buy and also with experience it when you start visiting a building you already know the attention the caring to the building that was done by the owner so you'll feel immediately if it's a crappy building or if it's yeah. a good building the best building there is it's actually the ones we it's, it's actually the type of, of of the ones we bought in the portfolio uh, of, of 9.2 million but 
it's an owner that took care of the buildings but never renovated. Mm -hmm. So he took care of things. So there was water infiltration. They're going to change the bricks. Yeah. Uh, there was going to be a problem with the windows. They're going to change the windows. But they're never investing in like uh, improving improving the unit yeah. to rent it higher. But you know the building was in good shape, mm -hmm. good care, and they repair the problem all the time. Yeah. Another transaction, the 36 units we bought in April, that's the opposite. That's that's a building where not a single time time was put in. And we knew right away that there was going to be a problem with every single thing. And we opened a wall, and then the plumbing, the fixture was almost with duct tape. That's, <laughs> that's exactly the type of building that you, you have to be careful. So you feel it in the building, the kind of, of tender, loving care it, it received over the years. Yeah. And at the same time, all this all this deferred maintenance creates an opportunity because as you said this is where you can go back into it you know the envelope of the building is sound but then you can go in and renovate the bathroom renovate the mm -hmm. kitchen repaint and then you can rent for much higher which Absolutely. creates that leverage for you exactly that's exactly the operation that we're going to do so when you have a good buildings when you don't have to touch the electricity the plumbing the roof the brick that's all very, very costly. So you don't have to put some caps, too much capex in the building. You focus on the units and then boom, it explodes it out. Yeah. Well, that's clearly what you've done this year. I'm, I'm actually quite amazed. 26 million in uh, 2021. That's uh, quite the performance. Uh, congratulations. Just uh, in a nutshell, what do you, what, what's your objective for 2022? <laughs> you knew that question was coming. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Actually, we're refinancing uh, three projects, so we're in that, that manner now. We have over 70 units to optimize, so that's a, that's a, that's a lot of job for the, for the team. Uh, so basically, we're going to do this. We're going to focus on buying probably in September, but I'll be very, very stiff on the transaction because I know if I'm saying yes to uh, eight units, 12 units, I mean, at my level, Okay, uh, for full disclosure, but I'm not gonna say yes. Because if I say yes to a 12 units, my bandwidth, my focus yeah. will be on that unit. So my prediction, and I'll re-listen to this forecast, is that in September, it's probably gonna be close to 100 doors in, in one shot, because this is where we're going. Yeah. Uh, so it needs to be close to that, maybe not 100, but maybe in between 60 and 100 units, that's gonna be bought in September, but focus now is uh, refinancing because you know the rates are going up so you want to clear these financing as soon as possible mm -hmm. get a good deals in regards with with rates that are going up yeah. and and as you said with everything that you've purchased you already have quite a bit in the pipeline to have to stabilize yep so maybe just to focus on that Absolutely. a little bit yep. and then once that's is a little bit you know further down the pipeline then you can start your your acquisitions again wow well thank you very much for for sharing all this uh, this knowledge jp it's a uh, very appreciated. And uh, as always, please like the podcast, share it, send uh, some comments, some questions. Um, it's always appreciated and we'll do our best to respond to all of it. So thank you very much. And lastly, from now on, every Wednesday at noon, you can join the uh, Facebook Live of uh, the Real Estate Investors Club um, and uh, you, can, you can join us and get some more information. So thank you very much and we will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investors Club podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, remember to give us a rating, leave a comment, subscribe, and share. You can find Terry at terryshower.com. Her book, Mindful Landlord, is available on Amazon. You can also follow her on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. 
JP is the president of the Real Estate Investors Club. You can learn more about the club's networking and educational activities on Facebook by searching for Real Estate Investors Club. Look to the show notes to find information on our guests and links to material mentioned in the episode.